0: To welcome you to Liberty Christian Church International, where our church motto states, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. If there's anything that we can do to create a better worship experience for you, reach out to us at www.lccimd.org. We'd love to hear from you. And again, welcome. Our God is awesome. I don't care what the situation is. Our God is awesome. He is awesome. He can move mountains. He can keep me in the valley and he can hide me from the rain. But one thing I know for sure my God is awesome. Come on and worship the God of your salvation. If you know this song, come on and were grieving, but you cleaned me up inside, you thought I was the
1: copy of God's purpose, God's plan and God's design for my life therefore I am a believer and not a doubter I'm not just a hearer but I'm also a doer and my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God in Jesus name we pray amen amen Amen. Amen. Once again, welcome to Liberty Christian Church International. Do me a favor. If you're on social media, share this with somebody. Encourage somebody to join you this morning. We are dealing with an awesome topic called Battlefront. And I want you to take a listen to this real quick. And we're going to get into some word following this. Amen. Amen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places.
0: Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition,
1: pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view,
0: be on alert with all perseverance. And petition for all the things and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to
1: me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness
0: the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador of the church, that in the in proclaiming it I may speak boldly
1: as I ought to speak. Amen, Amen, Amen. Over the last 3 weeks we've been dealing with this topic and this subject battlefront and today i don't want to veer from it and i want to continue on with this topic this topic this morning is dealing with being equipped for the battle equipped for the battle. How many people can honestly say that in their lives they have faced battle after battle, time after time, situation after situation, and it does not seem like you're equipped with the right thing. Our scripture this morning comes from Ephesians the sixth chapter. We've been dealing with this scripture and we've been talking about this scripture for some time, but we also have a second verse that I want you to see real quick, and that's Romans the 12 chapter correction romans the 13th chapter looking at the 12th verse romans the the 13th chapter looking at the 12th verse and it simply reads as this the night is almost gone and the day is near therefore let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light Put on the armor of light. Now, where we've been at over the last couple of weeks, our first week, we started off talking about planning for the battle, the plan of a father for the battle. Understanding that you, there is not a battle that you can go into. Not Understanding that there is not a thing that you should go into where you're not um, where you're not prepared where you have not come up with a strategy where you have not sat down and consulted God and God's word and dealing with how to battle the enemy uh, the enemy of your soul the uh, the enemy that comes to kill steal and destroy uh, we, we're still dealing with this enemy who says he roams around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour so now once we understand that and we get to the place of uh, planning Planning for the battle our second week we talked about doing what preparing for the battle yes it's one thing to plan for it, but then you got to get prepared you got to get prepared in your mind you got to get prepared in your spirit you got to get prepared in your heart you got to get prepared physically for the test that's coming ahead for the battle that you're going to there's nobody that just goes out on the battlefield unprepared they they put on their armor and last week we talked about this armor we talked about the breastplate of righteousness and the belt uh the belt shot with the uh, the belt of truth we talked about that last week and we talked and declared about how the belt holds up the breastplate of righteousness how the truth which is the word of God the gospel of Jesus christ how his word is the truth he said i am the way the truth and the life and no man cometh unto me except no man cometh unto the father except by me so we see this truth that we wrap around us and it holds up a standard of righteousness in our life and it keeps us in a position and a posture that we can live according to the word of God so today I want to step a little bit deeper into this and making sure that we are equipped for battle somebody say equipped for battle Equipped for battle simply means that I'm wearing what I'm supposed to be wearing. I have all my tools because over the last two weeks, we've been talking about the enemy attacking us. But do you know that God has also equipped you and empowered you to be able to take the battle to the enemy? to be able to take the battle on the forefront to be able to stand up and declare not today and be able to go on the advance in a situation or in the warfare that we're dealing with with our souls we're not just here to allow the enemy to jump at us and attack us and remain in a defensive stance no the God that I serve said when I allowed my son Jesus to die he took a defensive stance but the offense was when he got up out the grave. The offense was when he said, no, I'm not just dealing with what you did to me but I'm going to show you what I can do to you. And too many times in our life do we miss the mark of taking the offense or taking the battle to the enemy. That's why the enemy's not scared of you because you have decided not to take the battle there. You've been sitting there and you've been waiting for him to attack you. So while you're waiting for him to attack you, he begins to circle and see what he can do to you. He begins to circle and see what weakness areas are in your life. He begins to survey and analyze what you are doing in your life but I'm here to declare to you this morning that it's time to take the battle to the enemy. How many people can declare that I'm ready to take the battle. I'm ready to take charge of the battle because my general, my God, my savior is leading the charge and I'm ready to grab my weapons. I'm ready I'm ready to be equipped. I'm ready to face what I gotta face and I'm ready to advance the kingdom assignment and kingdom mandate that's on my life. What we do and when we get equipped, we look at Ephesians 6 and 10 and we're going to jump into this scripture some more today and really sign understanding. So I'm going to read it for you one more time and get help you get hold of this. Ephesians 6 and 10 starts all saying, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might and put on what the full armor of God. Not just partial and and too many times we want to put on certain aspects of the armor and think that we're protected completely. But scripture teaches us to put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to do what? Stand firm, not just stand. I told y'all in week one that it's time for us to have some decisive victories in our life. Decisive victories, not simply coming with that same mindset of saying, "This I barely made it out." Not coming with the same mindset and the same things that we've been talking about before. I made it through by the skin of my teeth. Not talking about things like that, but understanding that there comes a place and a time where we have to make sure we're displaying decisiveness in the victories that God has done for us, because because God has never won a battle by the skin of his teeth. The victories that God have won have taken the enemy completely out. The picture has taken the enemy completely out the situation and if I could tell somebody prophetically today you, you've been sitting so long and simply saying I'm barely making it but God said the words that you speak out of your mouth declares your victory. The words that you say out of your mouth declares the place that you come out at so now I gotta be to declare that I'm coming out decisively, I'm coming out decisively. So, no matter how it looks, if I get knocked down, I'm getting back up and I'm coming out decisively. With it no matter how my situations look, no matter how it feels in my life, I'm coming out decisively. Somebody declare, I'm coming out decisively. I'm coming out like I'm like, like, like I've won the war, I've won the battle. I'm not coming out like I've done anything else. I may have bruises. I may have scars but the way that I'm coming out is decisively. How many people can declare that I'm ready to have some decisive victories in my finances? I'm ready to have some decisive victories in my relationships. I'm ready to have some decisive victories in the things that I'm doing, in the places that I am. I need some decisive victories in my life. I'm tired of living mundane. I'm tired of living less than. And so now I got to allow the word of God to begin to promote my decisive victories scripture teaches us what that we are the head and not the tail above and not beneath the lender and not the borrower he the the scripture teaches us that i've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread so now if i'm putting on the full armor of god and i'm standing firm against the schemes of who the devil the schemes i'm standing firm against it that means it's nothing That God cannot deal with that I'm going through. Why? Because verse number 12 really puts it into perspective. For our struggle is not against what? Flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So my weapons of my warfare cannot be carnal. It has to be something that I've never expected before. It has to take root and, and battle against something that is not earthly, even though there's an earthly manifestation or a physical manifestation in our life. Verse number 13 then says this, Therefore, take up the full armor of God. Again, see, Paul told us twice now. In this text, he tells us the first time, put on the full armor of God. Then again, he says, therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. How do you resist? By putting on the full armor. And having done everything, he says what? Stand Firm. That means I got to get in a position where I'm embracing, where I'm ready for impact, not even just ready for impact, but ready to take off against the enemy, take off and battle the enemy. Why? Because verse 14 says, stand there, stand firm. Therefore, having girded, having put on your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then it says, and having shod your feet with the preparation. That means I'm getting myself prepared prepare for a time of peace in my life I'm getting prepared for the best of God in my life yeah I know that I'm battling but there's a preparation that God is setting up in my life that is not always going to be a battle but there comes a time there comes a place there comes a moment in my life where God is going to release peace into my life I dare somebody say god release your peace in my life prepare me for my peace prepare me for my peaceful, to shod my feet with the gospel of peace. Prepare me, God. I'm waiting for some peace. Anybody need some peace in their life? Peace against their mind. Peace from their own issues. Peace from what the world is throwing at them. Peace that, uh, that, that, that man can't take away. Peace that God said, I'll give you. Peace that he says, if you abide in me, I'll give you peace. In verse number 16, it says, in addition to all, and this is where we're going to park at today, verse 16 and 7. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And verse number 17 says this, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. The word of the Lord is already blessed. We know that. So this morning, I want to start this from the end of that text and move backwards to get to where we got to get to this morning. This morning when we're talking and we're dealing with equipping ourselves. We talked last week about uh, uh, we talked last week about putting on the the the, the 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 belt, which is the truth, which is which is the truth. So when we talked about that, we talked about that being able being the housing mechanism of our core. It, it, it's the place where we strengthen the most, and, and and in most cases, we need to understand and develop truth in our life. There's so many people out here that constantly accept lies in their life. Constantly accept lies about who you are. You're, you're uh you're not there's a superior person over you that you're not as educated, that you're not uh, uh as capable of doing something. But the Bible that I read, the, the God that I serve says, Greater is he that's what in me than he that's in the world. There are some people right now who have believed the lie that the enemy has continued to tell you about yourself, that you're not worthy, that because you may mistakes that because you sinned that because you did certain things in your life that you can't come out that you can't be all that God called you to be that you can't be the best thing that God has called you into that you cannot live out your calling that you cannot accept the gift of God because of who you've been but the word declares that I once was young and I'm now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread so now I gotta begin to act the truth in my life how many people can declare that I'm ready to activate the truth about who God called me to be there are some dreamers that we have there are some prophets there are some business owners there are some mothers there are some fathers that if you simply grab hold of the truth of who God called you to be instead of believing what the world told you you were that your life would completely do a 360 not even a 360 a 180 because I don't want you going back to the that. you were i want you to turn around and go in the opposite direction so if you believe in the word of god if you believe and grab hold of the truth of god if you allow the truth to activate in your life then i'm telling you that there's some things that can shift in your life somebody say activate the truth in me activate the truth in my life activate the truth which is what the word of god the the truth which is the word of God, Ephesians six and seventeen the end part says, and put on the breastplate, he said, after you do that, make sure that you are putting on the truth, the truth not not anything else, but the truth of God, the truth that surpasses all understanding. he said, and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is what the word of God so now I'm activating what I'm supposed to be in my life too often do do we see us living a mediocre life because we won't step out and be who God called us to be it's people who are brain surgeons it's doctors it's lawyers it's inventors it's entrepreneurs that have dummied themselves down because of society that have dummied themselves down because of their circle that have dummy themselves down simply because they're afraid of being what everybody else isn't too often we we get into this click and get into this circle of only being what we see as popular you see a basketball player as being popular but instead you want to be a doctor but because it does not seem popular you'll strive to be the best basketball player not saying that you can't be the best basketball player but what I'm saying is what is God speaking to you on the inside just because you 6'10 does not mean you can only dunk a basketball just because you 6'10 does not mean that you have to pick up a football just because you look a certain way does does not mean that you have to be in videos for young ladies. Just because you look a certain way does not mean you have to be molested and grabbed on. and stuff. But the God that I serve said once you activate my truth in your life young ladies you'll receive and understand that you're a precious jewel in my sight. That you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Not for man's pleasure but for my enjoyment. God said I created you in my image and in my likeness. Stop allowing the world to mistreat you, to abuse you, to use you as an object. Stop allowing. I need you to activate your truth. Activate the truth of who I called you to be. No, I called you out of darkness into God's marvelous light. Who am I talking to this morning that God is not calling you to be somebody's beating post. God is not calling you to be somebody's uh, uh, somebody's uh, uh, treasure. What God is calling you to be is fearfully and wonderfully made in his image so i gotta activate his truth but how do i activate his truth you have to wield the word see i i i I love it when you talk to somebody and they're like pastor what prayers can i say or can you pray for me can you do this but but I believe the power of prayer is available for everybody if you activate your faith and then couple that with Activating the truth of god when you open up the word of god when you believe what the word of god says about you and you don't just recite it but you buy into it that you grab hold of it and you begin to wield it that see that when we go on the offensive when we are equipped with the weapons that god has given us when we understand that and we understand what god is doing with us we begin to wield that word all around no matter what the enemy throws at you No matter what the enemy says to you Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I shall what? Fear no evil Why? Because I'm wielding the word in my life I'm wielding the word every time a demon comes up at me Every time the spirit of the enemy, the adversary comes around roaring I begin to wield the word of the Lord I dare somebody begin to wield the word of the Lord in their life I dare somebody begin to call out on the name of Jesus That the Bible says that demons tremble at the name of Jesus. See, I can't call on Buddha. I can't call on Muhammad. I can't call on Allah. But I can call on Jesus. When I begin to wield the word, what am I wielding? I'm taking the word of God like a sword. And I begin to slash all my situations. I begin to slash all my problems. I dare somebody begin to slash some things in their life. I dare somebody begin to take this word. And begin to slash it over your mind over your house, over your children that ain't came home. I dare you begin to slash the word of God. I dare you begin to open up your mouth because now we're activating the truth. And if I'm activating the truth of God, that means I stand behind that shield. Mm. That's why I started at the end and we're going to work our way back. Because if I'm taking the word of God and I'm fighting, I got to have something that's going to protect me. What am I using that's going to protect me? I got to make sure my salvation is in place. Why? Because my salvation. If I'm the church, each and every last one of us are the church. If I'm the church, I, I have to accept and believe and And grab hold of what the church is supposed to be. Uh, The Bible says this in Ephesians 6 and 17, that first part of that scripture. Take the helmet of salvation. And I don't want you to jump ahead. Take the helmet of salvation. It's very important to understand the helmet of salvation. Christ is the head of the church. So that means he's at the top. So if he offered us salvation, that means I got to put him on my head. Oh, somebody missed that. Christ is the head of the church, so I must take the head of the church and put it on my head because from my head comes my thought process. From my head comes the the, the way that I function and operate. The rest of my body can't move without what? My head. So the brain patterns in my head have to be aligned with, covered by, and shed over shed by the blood of Jesus. So now I'm taking the helmet of salvation, I'm putting it on my head, and now I'm beginning to think like God. I'm beginning to have salvation through the word of God. I'm beginning to have salvation through the power of God. I'm beginning to operate and understand that greater is he. Why? Because he's at my top. Greater is he because he's my head. Greater is he that's in me because I've given myself over. I've given my life over. I've given my whole being over to God. I've given myself over to salvation. So I have to activate my salvation or have active salvation. See, I had to have active, uh, I had to have active power And then I have to have active salvation. I did somebody begin to to really challenge and ask yourself, am I saved? Are are you saved? I, I don't know who I'm dealing with, who I'm talking to right now or this morning, but are you saved? Or are you speaking that you're saved? Are are you? Have you really given your life to Jesus Christ? Because if you gave your life to Jesus Christ, he should be at the head of your life, not on the back burner. He shouldn't be that one that you run to only when you're in problems. But when I'm in my good days, I trust Jesus. When I'm in my bad days, I trust Jesus even more. When I'm going through my ups, I trust him. When I'm going through my downs, I trust him. When when I don't want to act, right I'm trusting what he said I'm trusting in his blood I'm trusting in the salvation I'm trusting in what he's done for me when I think back over my life and how I made it over it wasn't because of my own will it wasn't by my own mind but he saved me he delivered me he brought me from a mighty long way he changed my life and now I can face today I can face tomorrow simply because he lives where does he live he lives inside of me where does he live? he lives in every one of my issues where does he live he lives in my home where does he live he lives in my kids life where does he live? he lives in my problems he lives in my finances he lives in my mind he lives in my heart because he lives I can face tomorrow because I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior I have activated my salvation I put on my helmet. I dare somebody put on their helmet right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really talking about take your helmet and put it on. You know, I like to wear ball caps and and, and I wear ball caps to represent my favorite teams and and one day I might have a red skin cap on. We ain't gonna talk about the name. We gonna talk about that later on. I might wear a nationals hat but when I wear that hat I'm wearing it because it shows what I'm enjoying, what I like in my life. But how many people can declare that they're wearing their helmet of salvation. I'm I'm talking about that ball cap that no matter which way you turn it, front or back it has an S on it covered by the blood. Oh, somebody missed that. It has an S covered by the blood of Jesus. It says salvation so no matter which way you turn when the enemy comes in like a flood if I turn to the left or if I turn to the right, I know that Jesus is my salvation. When I look up and when I look down Jesus is my salvation. I have to take on the helmet of salvation why because this salvation rescues the mind salvation rescues the mind anybody had had a moment or a time where you felt like you was going to lose your mind you felt like your mind just wasn't right you felt like your mind just wasn't in the right place, and, and you kept saying, "God, what is it?" And God said, "When are you ready to come back to me? What have you been feeding your mind? Because when you take my word into your mind, I begin to make all things new. When you take my word into your mind, I begin to shift some things that the enemy tried to plant. I begin to be your virus killer. Have you ever seen a computer when the mind isn't right in a computer, it says, "I have a virus." What does that virus do? That virus messes up the function of that computer. Oh, I'm coming down somebody's street. You might be operating or have been operating the right way, but somewhere along the line, something that you looked at, something that you accepted uh, and indoctrinated you with a virus, a virus of the world, a virus that told you that you don't need Jesus, the virus that told you that you don't need salvation, that you can live on both sides of the fence and be okay. Oh, I'm dealing with somebody right now but jesus said i'm the virus remover i'm the virus protector i can break down any virus that comes about i don't care about the malware because i can wipe your computer clean i can wipe your mind clean the bible said matter of fact i need to talk about the bible hezekiah walker said this won't he make you clean inside won't won't he make you clean inside i i dare somebody declare that he's making me clean inside somebody post that, somebody text that out won't he make you clean inside, his salvation makes me clean inside his power makes me clean inside, his mercy makes me clean inside, his grace makes me clean inside I'm getting feeling good oh we done came back to the church house and I'm feeling some kind of way this morning because the salvation of God rescues the mind it rescues the mind and then if it rescues the mind, we got to get to this place to understand that now it's time to activate our faith. Ah, we, he done rescued our mind, so now I got to activate what's on the inside of me. Why? Because it says this. Ephesians 6. Ah, Ephesians 6 and 16 says, in addition to all this, Take up the shield of faith, the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Somebody, somebody underline all. See, you miss. See, see, a lot of times because we have not put on our full armor of God, that when we get attacked by arrows, psalms 91 said this he who dwells under the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty i shall say of my lord he is my strength and my refuge in him shall i trust he said though they though the arrows come by day and the pestilence by noonday yet ah, jesus I'm, I'm i'm trying to help somebody right now because once you grab and act your faith and you put your faith on as a shield that means nothing that the enemy can do to you i don't care how it looks i don't care if you bankrupt god called you blessed i don't care if you're down and out god called you to stand up i don't care if you are in the grave like lazarus jesus said step out why because faith has been activated in your life how many people believe by faith that there's somebody that the world may never see the world has not seen yet but by faith you believe you're bigger than what your problems are by faith you believe that you're coming out of that situation by faith you believe that your children are healed by faith you believe that your marriage is healed by faith you believe that your home is healed by faith Because you've activated faith In addition to all this Take up the shield of faith I I don't know about you But when I walk into the enemy's den I'm walking with my shield of faith In front of me Because I believe no matter where I go I believe no matter who comes around me I don't believe that strongholds Are bigger than my God I believe strongholds are less than my faith I don't believe that anything can touch What God has called into existence I believe that I speak the those things that are not as though they were now faith is the substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen by faith what happened the worlds were created oh somebody missed what I just said if I Activate my faith I can create new worlds I can create new income streams I can create new opportunities I can create new places That for my family I don't have to live by the same familiar spirit I don't have to live by the same Generational curses By faith I'm bringing myself and my family out Somebody declare that Activating my faith brings me out Activating my faith changes my life Activating my faith What am I activating it by? By the word of God. That's why I'm wielding that sword. Somebody missed that I'm wielding that sword Because my faith is activated See it goes back and forth If I didn't have faith I couldn't wield the sword If I couldn't wield the sword That means I don't have faith Uh -uh, Somebody missed that right there If I'm not operating under salvation I can't wield the sword Because that means I haven't trusted God Enough with my life If I don't have salvation If I haven't activated salvation in my life That means I don't have faith In the one who created Created me in his image and in his likeness. See, a lot of people get confused and I'm just about done. A lot of people get confused with this. The Bible says that every man has a measure of faith. He's born with a measure of faith. But when it comes to God, if I don't put all my faith in him, if I don't believe that his son died for me, if I don't believe that he raised him from the dead, If I don't believe that, then I'm going to put my faith in something man-made. I'm going to put my faith in something that I can tangibly see and feel. And if I can tangibly see it and feel it, that means it can be destroyed if I can tangibly see and feel it and it does not challenge the way that I think because the word of God challenges me every day the Bible said his ways are not my ways his thoughts are not my thoughts so if I'm not challenged by what the word of God says in my life if you're not challenged by what God is telling you that it does not make you uneasy in some areas of your life if it does not change some things in your mindset that you can't live a certain way if it does not change the way that you move and operate I shall, I'm here to tell you That you don't really have faith Because the word of God says it's the uh, Faith is the substance of things hopeful And the evidence of things not seen So I gotta believe in what's not Happening right now I gotta believe that God is getting ready to turn My situation around I gotta believe that the miraculous is about to happen Even when I'm standing there in, in handcuffs I gotta believe that the miraculous is taking place Even when it seems like all hell is is breaking loose in my life matter of fact when all hell break loose it's a time for God to to perform the miraculous how many people can declare that when I was going through my worst days God's miraculous came in and wiped the whole situation clean how many people can believe and testify that it's not by my might it's not by my it's not by my hand but it's by my hand saith the Lord that I gotta activate my faith. I gotta operate an activated faith. Why? Get this, the enemy is going to throw darts at you. <laughs> and they are not gonna be darts that, that you can just brush off. See, Roman soldiers took the finest steel to make their shields. Why? One, because a Roman soldier never was on the defensive. They were always in a posture of advancing. Mm. So they had to have something protecting them that was willing to take the force of the blow. Mm. If you are in a posture of always advancing, you have to close yourself in something that's willing to take the blow on your behalf. I've told you this before you have charge over legions of angels I believe that there's legions of angels that are warring on your behalf that go before you that war against the enemy against his demons against his principalities against his powers against evil forces and wickedly high places and those demons and angels war and when they're warring they might get bruised but then that one comes back and the next one takes charge the next one goes ahead because if I I have legions that means i have battalions and armies and thousands upon thousands of angels that are fighting me and that means they're taking a lot of the blows for me and in my life but when i have the shield of faith anything that gets past them anything that comes my way i'm protected by the shield of faith i'm protected to say that god before me if god before me no one can be against me though a thousand shall fall at my right saying and ten thousand at my left, it shall not come nigh thee. Only with my eyes shall I what see the reward of the wicked. I, I, I dare somebody declare that a thousand can fall here, a thousand can fall there, but it will not come nigh thee. It will not come nigh thee. All oh, the flaming arrows, flame. The reason that the soldiers, uh, the they they protected, they were protected against flaming arrows. They just weren't regular arrows, but flaming arrows uh, set the person on fire. It not only pierced them, but it set them on fire and burned them. See, a lot of times if the, if the arrow pierced you in war, you could break the arrow off. You could possibly pull the spear part of the arrow out, but when it's on fire, if it gets to your body, that means that area is being incinerated, incinerated by the flame that's attached with it. It's not just piercing you, but it begins to burn your flesh. So the the shield of faith stops, extinguishes, it shuts it down. No matter whether it's on fire or no matter whether it's a regular arrow, the spirit, the shield of faith can extinguish all. Somebody say all. all All the flaming arrows of who? The evil one. It didn't even say his demons. It said the shield of faith can take care of Satan's plan against your life. The shield of faith. Ah, the shield of faith I know the word is the sword but that shield does something to me that word cuts through that word cuts sharp the bible says that the tongue is like a two edged sword so if the tongue is like a two edged sword just believe what happens when you begin to speak the word of God that, that comes out and it cuts to the marrow it cuts down to the bone it cuts through the flesh it cuts through the enemy's tactics It cuts through all of that because he equipped us and activated us. And because he activated us, we're in this place and in this season in our life where the enemy has thrown viruses at us. The enemy has thrown uh, protest and police brutality and racism at us. The enemy has thrown a lot of things our way. And and I'm really speaking whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever you may believe. Whoever you may be. But the enemy is fighting against you. But when we're a child of God, we all stand behind that shield of faith. There should not be looking any over saying you're a white Christian. Or you're an Asian Christian, or you're a Hispanic Christian. The reason that we all stand behind that shield of faith and we all, we all speak the same word. See, that's the problem. We're not speaking the same word. Some use the word this way. Some use the word that way. And the shield of faith is trying to protect us all. But when we all get on one accord, when we all put on this same armor and we look alike. See, the Roman army that Paul was talking about when he gave this example, they were all on one accord. They had one voice, and that voice from the commander spoke down to the battalion leaders. That voice from the battalion leaders that spoke down to the platoon leaders was all the same voice of who the commander and that's the way that the body of Christ has to become our voice has to be the same voice of God our voice has to be the same power that God displayed in the earth because in Genesis when God spoke things he spoke them then to existence so if we're all speaking with the same voice of God we can see racism in if we all speak with the same voice of God we can see generational issues change. We can see systemic uh, beliefs, brutality change. We can see people come out from amongst them and be who God called us to be. And we all activate our faith and take the shield of faith and allow it to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Then we can see God's power, God's blessings, God's best take root in our life. Why once we activate our faith, it does what? It defends the body. I just said it. When we all are standing behind this shield of faith, what does this shield of faith protect? The body. Hmm. Salvation protects the head. The sword wields the word. But the shield protects what? The body. Not just your body. The entire body. When we activate faith properly, it protects the body. Where are you this morning? What have you been in this morning? Where have you been in this morning? Because now, Is the opportunity where (laughs) now is the opportunity to, to, to really come into and make sure your faith is activated. Not just your faith, but make sure. Make sure that your faith is activated. Because what? You have to understand if God is speaking to you. What has God been saying to you? Where are you at in your life right now? Because I know for me, there was a time where I said I was a child of God. I said I trusted God. But I tried to do everything my own way instead of allowing my faith to be activated. Can I I be truthful with, with you for a minute, people? Even in the beginning of ministry, I kept saying, I trust God, I trust God. But I tried to do it my own way. I trusted God in front of the people. But behind the scenes, I was trying to figure out how to do it my own way. And that's just being transparent because so many of us operate in that same way. We'll tell everybody around us, I trust God. I trust God. I trust God with my life. But the reality is, we really don't trust Him. We trust Him on Sunday morning but not Monday. We trust him with, when we need his blessings and provisions when we're in a mess, but we don't trust him when we come out that mess. We trust that he can be a healer and he heals us, but we don't still trust him with the rest, with the rest of the things that we're dealing with. This morning, I want to pray for you. This afternoon, I want to pray for you. Mm. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, God, the word has been spoken. We are learning how to take our place on the battlefront. God, we have learned how to plan for the battle. We've learned how to prepare for the battle. But now, God, we're taking a posture of being equipped so that we can get out on the battlefield and begin to fight. For the kingdom of God. For the Bible says that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence take it by force. So God, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice, God, that is right now in a place that they feel like they want to be equipped first with the helmet of salvation, they need to receive you as their Lord and Savior. There are five things that I want to offer real quick. First is the gift of Christ, the gift of God. John three sixteen says this everybody knows the scripture for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have what everlasting life that everlasting life is the product of salvation the product of salvation the product of, his, of accepting him as your Lord and Savior if that's you there's something simply that you say. If you make the confession, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, that means you have faith to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And you confess that same statement. That Jesus is the Son of the true and living God. That he came, that he walked amongst men, that he died for your sins. That not only did he die, but he was raised from the dead. If you make that confession, the Bible says what? That you are saved. That you are saved. And before I do any of the other other things, salvation is our biggest, it is the biggest thing that we want for you. It's not about the prosperity, it's not about the the finances, it's not about the materialistic stuff. But the Bible says that I pray that you prosper so as your soul prospers. Your soul has to prosper. How does your soul prosper? By being saved. I don't want anybody that I know to go to hell simply because they don't believe. Try Jesus. What what do you have to lose? (laughs) What do you have to lose? Try Jesus. You've tried a bottle. You've tried weed. You've tried alcohol. You've tried drugs. You've tried men. You've tried women. You've tried all of these things, and there has been no solution for the hurt that you feel. There's no solution for that emptiness. Why don't you try Jesus? What what is it going to hurt? Believe me, it could be the best life-changing decision you ever made. Abraham, or Moses put it like this. Today I put before you, before heaven and before, before God and before heaven, to make a choice. Choose life or death. But then he even, he even nudged, her, nudged them on their shoulder and said, hey, yeah, I put that choice before you, but choose life. Not just for you, but so that you and your descendants may live. You and your descendants may live. It's time for you to stop choosing death in your life. It's time for you to stop choosing death. The the easy road, but it's leading you straight to hell. I want you to be equipped. I want you to join me on this battle. Because get this, if you're not on this side of the battle, that means even if I love you, I'm still fighting against you. look around your room, look around your house, look around the church, look around wherever you may be. If you're not on the side of God, that means you're fighting against that same person you love.